This is punk rock time. Welcome everybody to the least listened to segment in podcast history. Welcome to Punk Rock Talk, baby. Punk Rock Talk. <laughs> yeah. This he week g- he gets it. He he gets it. He may have heard the show once or twice. Uh, this week we got a very special guest. Happens to be one of my dearest friends and also my bandmate, my road partner, my fucking dog, my lover, your lover, and he's got qu- yeah. He he's got quite a few aliases, a, a, quite a few different names. My favorite lately has been the the new trendy one is just three. Three? Yep, He's he goes as three. Bam. He's also known as G. We also got Captain Trace Kulo. We Ooh. also got the newly adopted Cochise Stronghold. That dude fucks. My man Samson from Franks and Dean. Samson, what the fuck Hi. is up, bro? Thank you for, dude. Thank you for doing this. This is really fucking dope. I really appreciate. I invited myself. myself. Let's not bullshit anybody here. I was like, you're getting, you're getting fucking Nick and all these other assholes in there. No, no, you're not skipping over the PP man, dude. You're not skipping over me. Oh, the the best, the best nickname, the PP PP man. man. Yeah. So, forgot that one. That was, and that's the best one. So that's what happened is I I felt like you were big leaguing us, so I was just gonna try to big league you by not interviewing you. And Mr. PP nah, said, nah. "Fuck that, hold up." Yeah, yep. <laughs> yep, you're gonna have some punk rock talk and not have the biggest asshole that you know come on your show. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I feel like I could have pulled the Franks and Deans card anytime and just been like. Yeah, let's get Samson on, or let's get Haas on, or let's get, you know, Rob on. And every, nobody wants to hear Rob on any fucking show. But anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, it, I just felt like it was time. Like, after a year and a half of being in this band, it's fucking time. So, yeah. uh, and we're just fucking so stoked to have you here, dude. So, to start this off, I want to know, where are you from? I am originally from Boise, Idaho. Yuck. Oh, um, Boise. You know. Exciting. Yeah, it's, yeah, I spent a very large portion of my time there. Uh, it was uh, very Mormon and conservative and white. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, up up north there. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Uh, it was. Uh, I was born and raised there. It was uh, not a fucking rad place to be a punk rocker. I can tell you that much. Um. I, you know, when when punk rock broke out when I was like the, when it blew up when I was in high school it was just like oh okay so I guess it's cool to do this now <laughs> right <laughs> for, for a long time it was not it wasn't at all especially growing up like I probably dangerous it was a little uh, it wasn't really dangerous it was just more people people just wanted to fuck with you or fuck you up or whatever you know it was just the basic yeah. jock bro mentality of Small town. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause I, you know, I dealt with that shit, you know, my fair share. So, it can, it oh, can I'm be. Sure, a... I'm sure Payson also has some really great people too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I know, and and like even growing up in Iowa too, like it's kind of the same mentality as Idaho. It's just very conservative, white, uh, Mormon. Fucking, uh, just, just Christian. There's a lot of Christians in Iowa, but it's, yeah. it's more or less just like straight edge fucking state. Don't fuck up, otherwise, you know, yeah. you get fucked. 
Oh, and then like I don't play still, still to this day. If you get if you get busted with a gram of weed, you you have the possibility of going away for fifteen years. Like they don't fuck around up there. That's it's fucking like, so it's fucking, fucking stupid. And it's funny because when we go on tour, like like Bag hasn't done it yet, but the second we cross into Idaho, you will watch the the composure of Haas and myself just our anxiety flies through the <laughs> we're just like get the second we're in we're like get us the fuck out of here now yeah like, we're not even remotely near our hometown we're just in the state and i'm like i can't do this i can't fucking do this <laughs> nope yeah dude it's i get a, it man it's funny like the, the last time or the first round we did with the horror pops there was a show in boise and there was that part of me that was like oh yeah good fucking big tour with the horror pops gonna go roll into Boise and oh, yeah. Show, yeah. And, and they wound up having some issues with their RV and I was just and they cancelled the show and I was like and we had just gotten there we were maybe there for like four hours oh, it was like show's cancelled and I was like let's load up the van and get the fuck <laughs> let's out of here get, let's go feet and feet to Portland man like fuck <laughs> this <dude. laughs> like uh, the Scooby Doo commercials where you see the yeah yeah, <laughs> I remember that first uh, Horror Pops tour. I'd, I'd come to meet up with you guys to uh, sell you some weed when uh, we were yeah. when yeah. you guys were rolling through Mesa, and it was just so exciting to see, you know, just how far Franks and Deans has come because that was the same exact location where we played our first show together. Yeah, when I was yep. in Squared, well, Alex Squared at the time, and Franks well, and Deans. Technically, we played with them in the coffee shop. Exactly. So, and, and that's what I was getting to. Yeah. You piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it it was just it was just really cool to see how far Franks and Deans has come because we started in that coffee shop what five years prior yeah. to that tour, and uh, man, yep. it, and it was Franks and Deans first time embarking on a tour. You know yeah. what I mean? So. That's outside of the realm of Vegas, and and now now fucking Franks and, and Deans and has they're a, there with the horror pops, you know. Yeah, now now away. Franks and Deans has a residency in Vegas, and we uh, squared has a residency at the Nile uh, Coffee Shop. So, <laughs> what a great what, what a great you know okay. story there. So I well, it's the it's it's the squared hot dog grill. <laughs> Every, the, the, the second Tuesday of every month is the second hot dog grill. <laughs> the there's, second there's Tuesday. Free, there's free burgers and a lot of dicks. Free burgers, <laughs> lots of wiener. Okay, free so free burgers, a lot of dicks. Yeah. I kind of want to backpedal. Bring towards, your cats. Yeah, bring your cats, not your dog. <laughs> just, just your cats. Uh, so I kind of want to backpedal towards when, uh, towards where you're from. So. When did you start getting interested in like music? Not necessarily just like listening to it, but interested in playing it. I, uh, you know, I grew up in a very musical household. My dad plays guitar. My mom plays piano and flute. Everybody can sing. Wow. Um, like, it's, wait, were uh, you guys that car in the road trip, like where everybody's got their vocal parts, <laughs> like, like in Step like Brothers? Sweet Child of Mine part. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was pretty funny, like, because when I was first born, um, my dad was going to college in Portland, and my mom was living with her parents in Boise, and so it was just me and her for, like, the first, like, six, seven years, and it was funny, the natural progression, because she would always play, like, like oldie stations and shit like that, like, lots of doo-wop and Motown and, and you know, older shit, Beatles oh, yeah. and whatnot, and, like, good, it would start off, it would start off with... 
you know, who's this? Like she would ask me who it was on the radio and it, and, and it would start off with, well, this is, that's Bob Dylan. And then it would be like, okay, who's this? And what's the name of the song? And I go, it's Bob Dylan. The song is Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts. And then it was like, okay, who is this? What's the song? What album is it on? And it would get to the point where it'd be like, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks, Lily, Jose, Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts came out in 1975. Like, <laughs> Holy was, shit. This shit started getting <laughs> into me, but it was, and I can pinpoint it, I was at my grandmother's house. I was probably seven years old, and she wasn't watching, like, my, my grandparents were very religious, and uh, she wasn't watching me, and I was flipping through television stations, and I had turned it on to MTV, which at that house was very, very not good yeah, yeah. that's that's <laughs> the bet. devil's plague that's the devil's playground yeah sure especially to a six seven year old and, I and this and this is great good mtv right oh yeah this is back when videos happened okay now there was a point when it was just nothing but videos and i, I you know i swear to god that was a real thing yeah but like <laughs> I've, I've heard uh, I, I, I will never forget and i i'm not even bullshitting you because i constantly make these jokes all the time but I, rem I can vividly remember one of the first videos I ever saw because I remember Prince's Kiss, but I, the one that made me go, holy shit, I want to do that, was David Lee Roth's Just a Gigolo, dude. Yes. Oh, I yeah. saw that video, and I was like, this is the coolest motherfucker on the face of the planet. How ironic. And, and like, now you guys perform that song. All the time. And, <laughs> like, and then, you know, learning, getting into Van Halen, next thing you know, I wanted to play guitar. You know, I wanted to be Eddie Van Halen. That right. was my Fuck first. yeah. I want to do that. And so my dad, I'm pretty sure my dad thought it was just going to be kind of a fad. So he bought me a whole setup and, you know, got me guitar lessons and I kind of started taking off with it. And I was, uh, I'm just going to keep going here. So no, <laughs> no please, please, do. please do. I like at that point, it was probably about 88, 89. I was, I was already starting to collect cassettes and shit like that, but it was like Guns N' Roses, but I was also really big into Weird Al. So I was like, your your typical fucking you know, kid listening to music. I still love Weird Al. Right. But like, it's, uh, so I remember I used to ride my bike to this little uh, record store called Five Mile Disc and Tape, right? That tells you how old I am. <laughs> and I, it was like 89 or 90. So I was, I was 10, 11 years old. And, it, and uh, I saw this album cover of a kid with a skateboard and he's lit on fire. And at that time, uh, it was hair metal, dude. All I listened to was fucking hair metal. That yeah. was like it, you know, because I, you know, it was just that kind of that thing. And plus, the pop music of that time, if you're a kid, you have to be in with certain fucking shit because you want to be fucking popular. So you listen to all the pop music as well. But I picked up Bad Religion Supper. Yep. And like all my favorite songs on all the hair metal shit, like, like especially like Appetite for Destruction. You listen to like You're Crazy or The End of Fucking Paradise City or shit like that. All my favorite songs were the ones that started kind of blasting into that kind of faster punk rock beat. Yeah, and I had I had no idea who this band was, and I took it home, threw it in my in my stereo, and every song was just that fast fucking drum beat. That that album lasted two weeks in my house before my mother saw the cross with the oh man, and it ended oh, up in the garbage Damn, <laughs> hey dude. So so it's kind of a side note, but what do you think about Daniel Radcliffe playing Weird Al Yankovic? Fucking A. Fucking A, dude. You think like he can pull it off? I think he's a good every actor. Every little fucking synapses, like my serotonin levels went through the roof, like dirty bullshit. I'm yes. fucking love Harry Potter. I'll say it all day long. Yes. I read every single book. I've seen every fucking movie. 
And on top of that, I've loved Weird Al since I was a fucking small child. So you want to combine all of my nerdisms together? That's it right there. And I guarantee you it's going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Awesome to hear. So you got Bad Religion Suffer. It's kind of changing the fucking game. Where do you start mm-hmm. playing with other musicians? Like when, where and when, I should say. Okay, Ask. so I want to say 92. And what was your diet like at the time? <laughs> I was a fucking kid, dude. What I'd like, it was kind of a clean your play club. It was just like whatever mom did was what you're going to eat. Okay, cool. You know, so like I lived in a very, we got McDonald's at home type of place, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, same. And, but I, same it was a, a welfare <laughs> burger. <laughs> exactly. And, and I was 12 or 13 and, and I believe it was a cousin of mine. She had said or they, they just wanted to say that i like, like i want to take okay my real name's fuck all you but i want to take <laughs> to this show i think you'd really enjoy it and so there was a there was a little punk rock club in boise called the crazy horse where everybody played i didn't know anything about this i was fucking 12 13 years old no idea about that this place even existed and so she takes me down there and I'm, I'm like your stereotypical kid. I'm dressed in what mom buys me. So I'm like in a polo shirt, fucking jeans, and goddamn Nikes, you know? Fuck yeah. And the show wound up being, it was Green Day and the Polecats and it was on their Kerplunk tour. So it was right before Dookie. Oh, wow. When oh, they were still I, really I, punk. I, yeah. It, well, kind of. I mean, <laughs> as punk as most of the shit I listen to anymore. But, uh, like... I saw that show and the funniest thing to me about that show because at that point I had been playing guitar for four or five years so I I hadn't been really playing with anybody and so I'm watching Billy Joe Armstrong do this shit and I'm going it's all bar chords and I'm going I can fucking do that right you know that's how how am I not already like right deep into this yes and so it wasn't until I got into high school is when I started playing with other people and and at that point, I had gotten really big into ska. Like, like for me, ska was massive and and changed my life. Like, Green Day changed my life. Ska changed my life. Bad Religion changed my life. Like, and you'll hear these stories from every fucking punk rocker, usually my age. Sure. And uh, you know, a lot of stuff that didn't make it out of the garage. I had one ska band that maybe played two shows in like the little fucking open area of the high school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not nothing until after I graduated high school, but like I, I had been, you know, jamming with people and, and cause in, in high school, like my focus was smoking pot, going to punk rock shows. Yeah, fucking around on the guitar and like chasing chicks. Like that was my whole yeah. MO. Yeah, and we all kind of had those bands in high school where we just got together every now and again when we could, and it was fun, you know. And yeah, it was cool to be in a band, but it's yeah. not until you get past high school, I think, when you start jamming with other musicians. Well, every, long, everybody long would always term, kick me out of say. their bands because I would be the one that was like, "Come on, guys, let's fucking do this. Let's go <laughs> yeah. all the fucking and nobody way." Nobody wants it, and nobody wanted that at the time. They just wanted to chase pussies. So it was like, "Fuck." Man. Right, and I and here's the thing: I understand both sides of that coin because I wish I would have been able to, to have that, you know, what what I'm doing doing now with Bag and Haas and Bob, like what I'm doing now. I wish I would have had that gumption when I was younger, because. But at the same time, you have to understand that in the majority of the bands that you form, not everybody's down to be a road dog. Like, right. We're yeah. very lucky to have the group of people that we do because. 
everybody's just like they get home and two days later they're like fucking when are we getting back in the van yeah yeah and you do, you you don't find that with every band like yeah. and i've gone yeah, on tours with multiple bands very hard to find yeah what he's saying is it's, it was, a, it's a very healthy line of dedication and chasing pussy you gotta have good balance <laughs> you gotta life, balance you know? it out i only do one out of two anymore <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but um, yeah, that is no, true, I, man. That's a great point. I really like that point. But it's like when I turned 18, uh, some friends of mine, because I was, dude, I'm not gonna lie, I was a total rude boy. Like I was fucking shirt and tie, fucking poor boy hat, pork pies, and fucking ska, ska, ska all the Fuck time. Yeah. And somebody, and there was a band from my hometown called the Mosquitoes, and every once in a while they'd come up and have me sing songs with them. They were this amazing ska band. Well, they were playing this show at. Uh, Boise State University with this ska band called Isaac Green and the Scholars out of St. Oh. Louis mm-hmm. and uh, and the opening band the very first band was this band called Vote for Eduardo and their bass player was this fucking massive dude and he was just a fucking ripper dude just and he had this long fucking shoulder length hair and he just had the shit eating like total pothead grin and just fucking all over that neck. Like, Who the fuck is that guy? And somebody kind of nudges me, and they're like, "That's that Haas motherfucker I've been telling you about this whole time. That dude fucking rips." And so I'm standing there, and I'm deciding, like, you know, trying to be a cool guy in the scene. I walk up to Haas, and I'm like, "Hello, I'm Samson," you know. And he's just like, and like he kind of takes a drag from a cigarette, and looks at me, <laughs> oh, "Fucking a! It's nice to finally goddamn meet you." you know? And there we went. Off yeah. we went. You know, uh, dude, I'd like his in, in impression of Haas, like where he dude, did the the eye squint and, and the drag yeah. the cigarette. It was perfect. And I was thinking, don't what? don't do the voice, but he did the voice, yeah. and it fucking yeah. worked. Yeah. But uh. Well, this was before he had glasses, so I couldn't do this one. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey, so just looking over the glasses. I just want you to know that totally felt like an origin movie. Like I was sitting there, like on the edge of my seat, like, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah, that was great, man. That's well, great. the funniest part about the funniest part about my friendship with Haas and and is this is this group here in, in the 25 years that we've been friends. This group here is really the only band he and I've ever been in together. Really? Like, I mean, he's come in and and one of my old bands. He's come in a couple of times and played guitar because he knew there was you know, changes or whatever. He'd come and do guest spots on our albums. I'd go do guest spots on his albums. But this is the first time we've really combined forces to do what we're doing now. Wow. Yeah. And hey, that makes sense, man, because it's it totally works. And uh, I didn't know that, man. I, I thought you guys yeah. maybe created a few projects and, you know, ditched them until you found this. We tried. There was a few projects that we tried, but they just never really got off the ground. And I, I'll never forget, like, he, like, because I started my band, The Percolators, in 99. We were a, a ska band. And then six months later, he drops a switch hitter, dude. And it was just, it was a race to the top of Boise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We were like brother bands, but we were also fucking rivals. There were nights where Haas and I'd be nose to nose screaming in each other's faces. Right. But, I mean, ultimate. Ultimately, what it was was he and I were trying to achieve the same goal. Yeah, sure. And and in order to achieve that goal, we didn't realize because we were young, dumb, drunk, and high, and fucking, you know, we just didn't realize that we had to work together in order to do this entire right. thing until we were, you know, middle-aged. <laughs> until, until we were too old. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, uh, 
I love it, man. It works. Uh, like, I want to actually point out to the listeners, just in case you didn't know, um, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. I actually really wanted you guys at my wedding. We made it happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, Franks and Deans played my wedding, and I've really dug what you guys are doing since day one. Like, I, I'll always... Thanks, I tell everybody... Uh, when we when we first played a show with you guys, we got the flyer where it's you guys in your tuxedo shirts. Just you, yeah. the photo was you guys sitting around at a poker table, and uh, or just sitting around at a table of some sort. Yeah, I think it was a double double down photo. Yeah. Yeah, and so we pull up to the venue, and I'm like, "Well, is this where we're playing?" And I look, and on the smoking patio is Franks and Dean sitting at the table, just like the fucking photo. <laughs> and I was like. Well, this fucking must be it because there's Franks and Deans right there. Oh, that's here's my favorite. Great. Here's my favorite part about Gio's wedding is that for a solid like three years after, every time I see him, he was in. Every time I saw him, he was in those goddamn pants that he had for his tuxedo. Oh, dude, that's <laughs> fucking kind of burgundy and maroon. Fucking yeah, pants. it's. And I was like, do you, do you ever change your pants? He's like, no, no, no. He fucking didn't, dude. It's like a. Uh, it's like Bevan's every show coat. You go, you dress up to go see Franks and Deans. Yeah. You don't do, just do you like. Still, I, I, I know you're jumping to Bevan's coat, but I want to bring it back to those goddamn pants. Like, do you still have those? Oh, things? I still rock them. Yeah. Do you really? I, don't, I only bust them out for nice events. You haven't, like, physically, you haven't changed at all in the last 10 years. I got fat, but you haven't changed at all. So I'm oh, sure yeah. those things I maintain the same dad bod since high school. So I'm fucking killing it. You're shaped it, like a pear. Yeah, it's a sad pair. It's the sad pair. <laughs> the sad pair. Oh, okay, so yeah. you got the percolators going, and you yeah. did that for quite some time. It was more off than on, but okay. it was on and off for about 15 years, from about the, about 98 to 2013. And I mean, there were times where there would be a two-year break. You sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was, uh, but we put out four like albums. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it was. We put out four albums, and we did some some cool tours. We did a lot of cool stuff, and it was just, you know, for black and better way to say it, you know, it was a bunch of people who who was were very passionate about music but could never get along. Ah, yeah, right. And that like happens. It, there was just, you know, and I mean, and I'm not pointing any fingers because let me tell you something. My chemical abuse back in those days, fucking terrible. So sure. it's it's. I have equally, if not more, to blame myself for than than anything else. And I, right, I'm, yeah. I'm very positive they would say the exact same thing. <laughs> right, know? yeah. And I think we've all been there. Like, I know I was definitely there. When I first met you, I was in Discordant. And I was, that's when I was still using. Yeah. And I just wasn't a good person. Like, I just yeah. was not. And I was always sad all the time. I, not, not to, like, tell a crazy long story about myself but i will put put uh this really quickly like i had this heart to heart right when i joined squared and i was still kind of strung out with geo and he's just kind of like dude you need to change your attitude like you need to stop being so down and depressed and negative about everything you need to start looking at life differently and it opened my fucking eyes and that you know around that time that's when i kind of quit you know using and whatnot but yeah sometimes it takes a friend you know to kind of open your eyes to you know and, and to be honest with you you know i've always my entire life i've been a very pessimistic person i've been oh you know oh woe is me i have say if i didn't have bad luck i'd have no luck at all 
Yeah. And it, it wasn't very long ago. I want to say it was maybe about four or five years ago where I finally went, you got to drop this whole, when's the other shoe going to drop attitude? Because if, if you don't, you're just going to be fucking miserable. I can do miserable by myself, dude. Like, that's fine. I'm already a prick. But, you know, <laughs> you add, you know, you add any of that fucking shitty attitude and that whole woe is me and you don't go out and do something about it, then fucking it's your own goddamn fault about it. Absolutely. Yeah, I get that. Um, so, kind of in between uh, the, the the long, kind of long off and on tenor with uh, the percolators, you ended up forming Hotel Chelsea. How did that? How did that yeah. kind of come about? So uh, after uh, now, mind you, uh, this were let's see, Hotel Chelsea formed in 2010, I believe. So because the percolators had another little tiny stint in 2013. Sure, but that away from that. Uh, I had stopped music for about two years, two, three years, and I was standing in a bar and this guy comes up to me and he goes, why don't you play music anymore? And I was like, I just don't want to. Like I, I had been burned and I was, woe is me, like I yeah. said. And he was like, it's, it's fucking bullshit. You need to be on stage. You need to be doing what you do. And so this dude annoyed me every goddamn day. Like, he, got, <laughs> he, got, he got my fucking, he got my phone number, dude. and. It was just nonstop, dude. Come over to my house, play. Come over to my house, play. Come over to my house, play. And and so I finally like, I bought myself a setup because I had sold everything. I was like, I'm fucking never playing music again. This is bullshit. Right. I hate life. Whatever. Sure. And um, got myself a setup and I went over to his house and he was like, Well, what do you? What kind of music do you want to play? And my first reaction, was, I'll tell you what, we're not fucking playing is goddamn ska. <laughs> <you're> <laughs> <laughs> but and so oh, what so I funny. what I what I really wanted, because Meatbag knows, like, I'm a big fan of Ramones core. I'm a big, big yes. fan of, you know, if it's tight, four, four drumming, fucking three chords. Yeah. And just really bubble, bubble up the queers and things like that. Like, those are, that's my shit. Teenage ball that's rocket, originally, Yeah. Dude, exactly. check out the Radio and, Buzzkills. They're really good. Oh, dude, those guys, those guys rip. You should, uh, you should check out Tightwire. That's my, that's my one right now. Okay. Nice. But, uh. <laughs> but like so i told i told the other guitar player i said at the time he was actually drumming and he was like okay well he's this amazing guitar player and what what ultimately kind of formed was a combination of that ramones core style with like the lawrence arms and alkaline trio type of stuff where it's mm -hmm. trading vocals it's still kind of three chord but there's a lot of you know minor chords and fucking octave solos and shit like that what i what i what i refer to is fucking luke perry music the music yeah. that you listen to in the background of an episode of 90210 yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. <laughs> and and you know to this day i i will always stand by the fact that i mean regardless of what happened with that band that album is probably you know it is my favorite album i've ever written it was it was it's just to me from top to bottom it's just my favorite record i've ever done i must say that record is fucking awesome i have actually heard that record a couple times and i listened to it a little bit too before uh we were gonna do this and it's just there's so many good songs and yeah it definitely has that ramones core vibe but the mm -hmm. vocals and the kind of like it has your shithead sense of humor you know what i mean yeah. like and and in some of the lyrics and then yeah you do shoot some some real shit too you know but it's just it's totally you man and your personality and it i mean i couldn't think of like i couldn't think of an original band that just matches your personality more 
What are, I don't know. <laughs> it paints a good I'll, picture. I'll, I, and I thank you for that, man. But it, like that album is fueled by 100% whiskey and cocaine and just anger. anger like that yeah. album is just mad. And, That's and dope. even the funny stuff, like it's just full of, it's full of inside jokes, little bullshit, but it's the inside jokes aren't so far to where you don't know what I'm talking sure. about. Right. Like I could still write it in a way that you can sit there and be like, oh, I understand that. Yeah. You know? and, right. and relate it my to life, themselves. Yeah. yeah. In my life, especially at that time, I was going through some shit. Like I was going through, like my dad refers to them as the dark years. Like, yeah, <clears throat> where it was just, it was bad. It was real bad. And I know you guys know where I'm coming from, and I know I'm preaching the choir, but like it's, no. it was a bad. No, it's time. it's good to hear because this that is means your story, and we're we're enjoying it, man. Well, and, everybody and, listening too, there's a lot of people that can relate, yeah. and they they exactly. need to know that they're not alone and shit like Absolutely, that, feelings yeah. like that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it was a like the, that album. Uh, I actually, because <laughs> I, I don't like listening to my own records at all, but I listened to that not too long ago because I was just kind of feeling nostalgic and I went, God damn, that's a good record. Yeah. And it's just what, 20, 25 minutes, just boom, 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 boom. Yep. Like, yeah, exactly. Until the very end. Until, until we the ending of the album, which is a song about Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> uh, I'm not even fucking kidding, dude. The title of the song. Is zero zero seven three seven three five nine six three, and that is the code that you put into Mike Tyson's punch out to go directly to Mike Tyson. <laughs> nice. I have that. I have that ingrained into my stupid fucking head. <laughs> uh, same thing for me with the uh, Grand Theft Auto cheats, where it's R one, R two, L one, L two, left down, right up, left down, right up. It's stuck yeah, in my fucking head forever, that's, dude. That's uh, weapon cheat. Yeah. That's uh, like weapon cheat, dude. Yeah. One. And then yeah. armor is the one with X. R one, R two, L one, R two. Because the weapons, oh, yeah. Because you go left down, 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 down yeah. is like fucking <laughs> yeah. weapons See, three. Look where we're at. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, create weird shit gets ingrained to your so, head. I, I get it. Also, I get that. There's also another song we definitely need to talk about from that record. And you know what song I'm talking about? I'm talking about the song you wrote about Mr. Ben Weasel. Oh shit! I didn't know if you were gonna go Weasel or me. Um, oh, you it, the the. the the Samson is a fuck is what we're gonna play up for the show. We're we're playing that fucking song. Yeah. God damn right, dude. <laughs> so that uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, that happened in I don't know if if, if everybody doesn't know the story. There was a South by Southwest and Screeching Weasel, who's one of my favorite bands, was performing. And there was a woman in the front row who was taunting Ben Weasel throughout the entire set. I was throwing cubes of ice at him and he got fed up and punched this woman square in the face. <laughs> and it started a ruckus and people were climbing on stage. There's videos of, of this shit. Like there's a great video of Dan Vapid walking off the stage. like, fuck this. And like quit. you can watch him quit Screeching Weasel. Oh and, my God. <laughs> so then, so then one of the production managers or somebody that was working the show, she comes up to grab Ben Weasel's shoulder to be like, hey man, chill the fuck out. And he turns around and put fucking punch Jesus her in the fucking face. Christ. Like, bro. like doubles the fuck down on this. Oh my God. And so, <laughs> like, 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 solidifies it. it. <laughs> yeah, like, like, all right, I already did it once. Come on. <laughs> Here Everyone's gonna consider me a piece of shit from here uh, on out. Equal so opportunity, get... motherfuckers. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of like this time I'm gonna put some fucking stank on. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! And, uh, and 
so I'm I'm sitting there and I'm watching this YouTube Ooh. video and, I, and it's and it's at the same time it's kind of breaking my heart because you know I'm watching fucking yeah yeah people I've looked up to just fucking melting just shit in and, the bed uh, oh god and and so we were we were sitting in the basement where we were writing and uh, Red the other guitar player he had already had kind of this this whole little fucking do 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 solo going on and so i started writing chords around it i even the bridge of that song that goes your comeback that is chord progression that i stole directly from the riverdales which is one of ben weasel's bands yeah i oh, fucking said a band sue me <laughs> wow and uh so i was just like what can i do and like i'm sitting there reading the story and i'm reading the story and reading the story and it's just like about the ice 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 the first thing i wrote down it's not nice to throw ice. You know? and I'm like, where do I go from there? It's well, not nice to throw ice. To oh. throw ice. Don't make weasel tell, tell you twice. Because we old, oh, that, that old fucking, you know, it was just, oh it my just kind of, it kind of flowed from there. And Red and I had a really good musical uh, like vibe to where it would just, you know, he would start something and I could just go and we just kind of blend. I mean, it's not as good as like the one that I have with Haas where it's just like, we don't even talk. We just kind of look at each other and go, yeah. and fucking everything like. It's nuts. You know, These but, guys yeah. communicate with no words all the time. Oh, I bet, dude. It's I, fucking, I get it. It's I wicked, get it. Dude. It's I, cool, man. So, so like, I'm sitting behind these guys on stage all the time, and they do this shit while we're on stage constantly. Yeah. They talk without saying words. I know, I know what they're talking about too. They're talking about like fuck ups or fucking people in the crowd or fucking the yeah. show turnout and just like all this shit, dude. They're just having conversations with their eyes, bro. It's yeah. Nuts. Yeah, it's, it's bedroom eyes is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Some goddamn fucking, what is it? The Jedi mind shit, dude, or whatever. Yeah. You guys Except know the bears. Star Wars stuff. I don't know too much about Star Wars. <laughs> I don't hate on it. I just, I don't watch Star Wars. But I, I will make I w- a funny Star Wars joke sometimes to like people on Star Wars Day. Yeah. Just because they fucking love that shit. And then you gotta little, tease your fest- friends. Be right? a little festive. Yeah. Yeah, they get festive the fi- on May 4th, bro. It's like save it for tomorrow, man. Chill. <laughs> but at, at the same time though, we had we just had Weenie Rose on May 4th. And let me tell you something. Women getting nude with a Boba Fett mask on while I'm playing music, I'm fucking stoked about it. So whatever. Yeah. It was it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. So Bag was like, man, maybe I should get into Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back on track here. Uh, ho- around the Hotel Chelsea times, they're kind of dark times. When, So when exactly do you kind of pull out of that, pull yourself out of that hole? Was that like towards the end of Hotel Chelsea? No, God, no there, was still a couple, there was there was still a couple years left. Okay. Um, so basically, I I think it was just kind of an internal combustion where just just four drunken egos in a room, and you know we had done a couple of tours and had you know did that, but it was just kind of everybody was losing their damn minds, and and so I think we just kind of combusted, and that was over. So then. We try. I tried to do the percolators again, and while fully admitting that it was 100% my negligence on that part, that didn't work out. So I tried to go to move to Seattle for a spell, and wound up there for quite a while, and that didn't work out. And at that point, I was basically homeless. Like it was, uh, 
it was very humbling and very slap in the face like to the point where my mom and dad had to bail me out like it was just kind of like all right now we have to step in because he's fucking if we don't he's lost forever yeah and so they they flew me back to idaho much to my chagrin but it was definitely necessary and basically at the age of 34 i had to move back in with my parents and that's a very you know pride swallowing thing to yeah say. yeah definitely it, it is it is what it is and so i was back home at my parents house for two weeks yeah and haas calls me and he goes what's going on and i'm kind of telling him everything and he's like he's like well i've got this new band and i was like here we go again <laughs> no, dude, i got this new <laughs> this one is different. I'm like, oh, good, another different, another different one. Yeah. And uh, he's like, no, 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 dude. He's like, it, it's fucking the drummer's fucking tight, the bass player's fucking tight. This thing could be so incredible. And I'm asking him, you know, well, what is it? And he goes, he goes, it's basically we're doing Rat Pack songs, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, all that stuff, but we're doing it punk rock. I'm not gonna lie to you. My initial reaction was oh so it's like me first the gimme gimmies and he's like no nah, dude it's different it's different i'm like oh and he goes we need you like we need your vocals we need your guitar playing we need you and i'm like i don't know i don't know like it was kind of a why the fuck would i move to vegas type of thing right and he goes can i at least tell you the name of this band and i said well what's the name and he goes franks and deans and i shit you not i went give me nine months Damn! So I, I had just, I had just moved. Back you, to my you switched. You, you turned it around just on the name. Boom! Boom! Yep. You're like I'm in. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's, it's and clever. So, uh, it is clever. It is very clever. That's all, Bob, man. That is all, Bob. And like, I got a job at a shitty bar, tending bar, and I walked into that bar, and I was like, because now I'm motivated. Now I've got something to live for. Right. You know, especially when you're sitting there eating crow after fucking having to move back into your parents' house at uh, 34 years old. Yeah, you know what dude. I'm saying? So I walk into this bar, and it's this little tiny bar across the street from a golf course. And I walk in, I look at the lady, and I'm like, do you need it? You need somebody to work here? And she said, yeah. And I go, I tell you what, here's how much I want paid, which wasn't very much at all. I was like, that plus tips, give me the keys. I will come in. I will do open to close every single day. I didn't tell her about Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like, I was like, just I will do key to key every single day. And she's like, well, you do need days off. And I'm like, when I do, I will let you know. So she hires me on the spot. I start working. And I'm telling you, I was a fucking factory. Like, I would wake up in the morning. I'd go open up that bar. I'd be there from 10 a.m. till 2 a.m. I'd get my car. I'd drive to the bank. I'd put the money in the bank, rinse, wash, repeat, like every single fucking day. And then nine months later, dude, I got in my car and off I went. Nice. It was just kind of, it was, it was one of those, like, that, that was the moment that I needed. And, and speaking of which, to get out of that dark spot was shortly after that, because it was, I think, growing, and you guys know growing up in a small town, drinking and drugs is what we do. Yeah, absolutely. It's what we That's do. There's literally all there is with, to do. Yes. Yeah. And especially with the drinking part, especially when you become of age or the, the, the day you get a fake ID, you know, the... 10 o'clock p.m. to 2 a.m. where it's drink as much as you possibly can before it closes because you're not going to be able to experience this again right. until tomorrow. Right. You know? And so I think with moving to Vegas, uh, 
booze is 24 hours, man. Yeah. yeah. I can get a drink whenever the fuck I want. Like, yeah, drugs for are free. Readily available at all times. Yeah. You know? For free. Nobody, because nobody's, because, because no. growing, growing up in Idaho, like, you know, somebody had cocaine. They were like, where the fuck did you get cocaine? Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, no. yeah, and it was stepped on from all hell, I yeah. bet. That's you know? the oh, same, yeah, dude. Was, that's the same shit in Iowa because people would be, oh my God, you have cocaine? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, then, and then you move to the west coast i would like to say well, it's not technically the coast but the west side and then like in a bigger city drugs and fucking booze are everywhere it's 24 yeah. 7 yeah you know, especially vegas oh yeah vegas so is people, the mecca yeah so you won't see like the regulars just like constantly like oh my god we gotta fucking drink until we can't fucking walk yeah because it's not going to be open until tomorrow save that shit you know? for geo <laughs> but it, it's just one of those things though, to where once it was readily available and once it was right there at all times I just kind of I mean don't get me wrong I still drink every once in a while I mean I'm more of a pothead than anything else anymore but like you know it definitely curbed my drinking I'll tell you that 100% yeah. it, it, oh I you bet know, I'm not the I was blacking out every night. At one point, I was living in a bar. Hoskins test this. I was living in the office of a bar that I was running. Yeah, like, yeah. That was my life. Like that was it. And Samson so it's, it's eats a lot of pot. He eats a lot oh, yeah. of pot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I am good at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my headphones. Uh. So yeah, but it's a. Uh, it's uh, it's it was a weird journey, and and you know, because the thing is, is I, if I guarantee you, if I would have not taken Haas up on that offer to come down here and be in this band, I'd be dead. I'd be dead. That's just, yeah. You know, that's a conclusion that I know for a fact. I would have maybe lasted another five years in Idaho, but I'd be dead. Yeah. Either either by my own hand or my own drinking or my own. Yep. It, it would just, I would have done. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made that decision, man, because <clears throat> here we are in 2022 and things are going really well in the Franks and Dean's camp. Now, I've been in the band only for about a year and a half, but this year and a half is, you know, we're coming out of the, uh, we, we, we try to refrain from using two Don't words, you do we it. just call it 2020 now. Yeah. Um, uh, we're coming out of 2020 and now things are getting busy again. So it's nice to see like some of the shit that's on our table right now and some of the things that we have currently done. You know, we did that run with the Horror Pops. We also did yep. a, uh, a run with uh, Hillbilly Casino. We did a weekend with uh, Deke Dickerson. Like, yeah, it's been and, and we've also played a ton of Weenie Roast and, a, and quite a few other shows in between then. And it's like the band is fucking firing on all. Oh, no, trust right me. Now, you guys but. are my actual uh, like economic getaway plan because once you guys take off i'm gonna sell all the vinyl that i have of you guys because i have every record <laughs> and i have one that's signed by all the original members on that album uh yeah. so i'm gonna basically sell all those on ebay and then start my journey from there dude and rise to the top i can't wait for you to make your fives of dollars <laughs> it's, it's it's gonna be tens of fives <laughs> it's it's fucking fantastic <laughs> when we're on the road it's fun man like i've i've never i've never been in a band like my favorite thing about this band is watching everybody grow as musicians like that is my favorite part like mm -hmm. i i i don't remember the last i think the last time i listened to the first album was right after it was released but it's like to watch the progression of everybody in the band, you know, to watch Haas. Haas has become 
one of my top guitar players. Like that motherfucker is so. He's badass. a monster. He's oh he's he's God. a beast. Yeah. That dude is a fucking cowboy, dude. Like yeah. some fucking hillbilly shit that he's playing, and I'm so jealous of it. And it's huh. just so much fun to watch because he's because a I mean he's my best friend. That's that's my brother. That is like yeah. We share a brain. But to sit there and to see that part of my brain that cannot do what he's doing is just like this is the coolest shit ever to see him like he's got a fucking pedal steel guitar and to watch him fiddle fucking start figuring things out watching watching things just kind of pop up and he's just dude i got that i got that even dude the motherfucker will be sitting there watching television stoned out of our gourd and he'll fucking pick up a guitar and just learn a commercial <laughs> like, oh, I think I can do this. I, <laughs> I gotta add to that too and say, even Bob has come a long way Dude. as a bass player. Like since when I first heard him, I thought he was really good, and I even told uh, even it's an infamous joke in Franks and Deans. The very first night we ever played together, I told Bob he was one of the best bass players I ever seen, and everybody bust up laughing at the band or whatever, and like. He would, he really just, and we talk about it too. Bob's like, I really just played like the root notes. And now Bob walks all over the motherfucker. Dude, bass, yeah. dude. He's dude, all that over the place. motherfucker just shreds, man. He shreds yeah. bass. And he tells me, he's like, yeah, I, I need to figure out how to play a bass solo. I was like, what do you, like some of your bass lines are bass solos pretty much. Like, yeah. you can play a bass solo. You can do it. Dude. I got it. You guys just cover Maxwell Murder somehow. There you go. <laughs> Dude, Bob, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's going to be Bob's test. Wow. He'll have it by next week. And All right. Like, he's, the guy, he's the guy that shows up and he goes, and we go, hey, man, you should check out this song. And the next thing you know, he's got the entire thing charted out. Like, here you go. Yeah. yeah this is what I want to do. And he's just going, and just singing all those high-ass notes. Like, what the fuck is that? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he, like, he brought this one song to the table once, and it didn't really work out, but it was a... Uh, 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 something like Twist and Shout. It was Twist and Shout with uh, yeah. Bombshell by Operation and, Navy. And like uh. Bob, Bob's bass playing on that, like while he's trying to sing, he's like all over the place. I'm like, dude, how the fuck are you trying? Like, what are you <laughs> doing? How, how do yeah, you do like that? Like literally a Matt Freeman bass line while trying to sing Twist and Shout. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Just, it's insane. And he's... he's Shoot for an idiot, he sure is good. <laughs> and, 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 and to honestly put the spotlight on you for a sec, you're sometimes when we're jamming, dude. Sam, Samson, this is the thing with him, he does a lot of improv solos, he really doesn't repeat the same guitar solo twice. That's just kind of how he is, that's his style of playing. Yeah. And sometimes he will bust out some shit. And I give him the stank face just about probably every single night we're on the road because he but because it's a yeah. new solo first off every single night, and then you just hear him do some shit that you never knew he could do. Yeah. And then I'll bring it to his attention. I'm like, dude, that was fucking ripping when you did this tonight. And he's just like, yeah, I didn't know I could do that, but I watched Ronnie Crutcher tonight, and fucking, <laughs> you know, and now well, I, I got this fucking that. new technique and fucking yeah. blah blah blah. You know, it's just it's so interesting to see how far you have also come as a musician. You have become you. quite the guitar player and singer, and uh, it is a damn pleasure to be in a band with you, and it is a damn pleasure for you to come on the show and tell your Literally. story. Ladies and gentlemen, R.P. fucking Samson. Yeah. Give it up, let's hear for three. three. Thanks, guys, Dude. I love you. Thank you, and real quick, before we let you go, I want you to introduce Samson is a fuck, because we're gonna play it just after this. We're gonna play it right now. Yeah, we're going to play it right now.
Coming up next is a song that was penned by yours truly to where the other guitar player said, your ego knows no bounds. And he was absolutely correct. From Hotel Chelsea, it is Samson is a Fox. Where'd you find this? If you're looking for any audio recording or you'd like to record your own podcast, please visit Cosmic Super Recording, where you can turn your ideas into reality. Whether you're looking to record one song or a whole album, Cosmic Super Recording will fit any budget. For more information, visit CosmicSuperCording.com or call or text at 480-331-7687. That's 480-331-SOUP. Also available on all social media. Cosmic Soup Recording is located in Phoenix, Arizona, near 24th Street and Thomas. Call now for a free quote or to book your session today. <laughs> 